Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone um, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hello, E. How are you? I'm well, C. Um, the mission of our show is to leave no stone unturned to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. Um, but we have expanded that to the workplace, our lives, and the world. Right, because... You know, it was like the, you know, I said this before, but it's like the old Wella Balsam commercial. <laughs> and yeah. every person we touch, we impact. So, you know, be nice. <laughs> right. And, you know, a um, couple of quick things, right? You guys are the exceptions. You guys are the ones that are listening because you have the willingness to be influenced to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to first mention one more time our previous show with our very special guest, Tom Scotta, about being franchise savvy. If you guys are looking for a coach, a business uh, person to help you maybe with uh, moving out of corporate or moving into a franchise, last week's show is for you. So please reach out. Um, yeah, I learned a lot of stuff I really didn't know. As you always say, you know, we cheat, right? And we get to cheat. We, we get, get to, to listen cheat. and we get yes. free consultation, which is really cool. Um, so what I'd like to do today, right, mm. is, you know, I could even say it's something even more important over and above, right? We're going to erase the board for a second. We're going to get away from um spreadsheets, career, and so on. And uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> creating a sustainable world, which I think <laughs> is a little more important. Well, and I think it, you know, it's such a great topic because we have so much going on, right? Besides the primaries today in New Hampshire, we hmm. also have the disaster in Flint, Michigan. What a disaster. How in the world did that happen? And we're also experiencing climate change. I mean, it's February. There is a dusting of snow. And of course, in Cincinnati, when there's a dusting, it's lockdown. But I've never seen a winter like this um, ever. No, I, I, I agree 100%. And I just want to add that um, I first started talking green, so to speak, uh, somewhere around 2008. And some of my... Um, tough guys from New York just hung up on me. So <laughs> I think it's just one, one tough guy from New York. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not weakness though. Right. Well, no, I mean, the planet is a living, is a living thing. It's a living organism. I mean, we have to take care of it in order for it to sustain us. It's not, it's, I mean, if you think of anything, right. I mean, if you use something to death without really taking care of it, if you don't put oil in your car, it's going to finally just, you know, seize up. Same thing with our bodies. If we don't feed ourselves correctly, if we don't feed ourselves with the right foods, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't breathe clean air, drink clean water, it's also not going to be sustainable. Right. And if I was a little bit smarter, you know, uh, I maybe um, what I would have said to 
that person before they hang up is, hold on, hold on. What about your plummeting property values? And then he would say, what are you talking about? And then maybe I could have helped, right? No, you couldn't have helped. But anyway. (laughs) So, all right. Sorry, guys. Um, We have a very special guest with us that I'm going to bring out. Um, uh, Ellen Moya is a is an independent environmental consultant, author, speaker, and artist with a BA in anthropology and MS in environmental engineering, and a PhD in civil engineering. I mean, imagine caring so much about creating a sustainable world that that becomes your mission. Yeah. Um, and with all of these credentials, I can't wait to know what we can do to help. So I would love to introduce a very special guest, Ellen Moya. Ellen, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to talk with you. Well, you know, um, no, excellent. And welcome, of course, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, Ellen, I mean, what do we do? We need help here. What the heck? <laughs> First, uh, before we do anything, share your contact information. Like your I website. That's important, yeah. yes. Okay, great. Um, my website is ellenmoyerphd.com, and that's spelled E-L-L-E-N-M-O-Y-E-R-P-H-D.com. And that has all my stuff there, um, links to my Huffington Post blogs, uh, description of my uh, book I'm working on about having fun creating a sustainable world, and probably more than you'd want to know is that, that so, website. So. Right. So as a start, if anybody, you know, wants to get smarter about this, just right now, go to Ellen Moya, Ph.D., Dot com. I mean, this is what we do. I don't want to be selfish for a minute, but we're really proud of our content and who we bring to the table. And this is really important stuff. So, um, Ellen, I mean, I, where do we start, right? I mean, uh, do we start in the workplace? Do we start in the home? Do we start in just learning? I mean, what do we do about this? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge topic. Um <laughs> We need to do things in our individual lives, but we also need to fix our institutions and policies because we can't do everything ourselves. And mm. one thing um, I was thinking today, we talk about hazardous chemicals, mm. and that is uh, something that we can do something about individually, but we really need our government to to help us out by protecting us from dangerous chemicals. Uh, And right now that's not happening. Um, There are uh, just astronomical numbers of chemicals out there. Um, The American Chemical Society has a list of 89 million organic and inorganic substances and... 65 million genetic sequences. They're now starting to capture uh, genetic codes. Wait, 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 wait. And, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that 89 amazing? million and 65 million sequences of the 89 million. No, they're, they're two different things. Um, 89 million organic and inorganic substances, but then in addition, 65 million 
genetic sequences that they are keeping track of. They're registered. And the more uh, amazing thing is that each and every day, 15,000 more chemicals and sequences are added. So That was actually my question. You know, so I was thinking that too, you know, how many, there's 89 million that they're keeping track of and 65 million genetic sequences, but yet then, so every single day, 15,000 more to keep track of. It's incredible. Now, not all of those are used in so-called commerce, okay? Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the federal government keeps track of chemicals used commercially, in other words, sold to us, put in our shampoo, uh, put in our food, uh, the daily things we use. And those chemicals that are in commercial use, that's about 85,000 synthetic chemicals that are in commercial use. Now, our laws are really broken because they, they don't require testing for safety before people put these chemicals out there in wow. commercial use. And the laws are so weak that in 40 years, EPA has only been able to restrict the use of five chemicals out of the 85,000. Oh, wow. And wow. hasn't even been able to completely ban all those five. Uh, it, it's really incredible. So the U.S. is really behind uh, compared to Europe and the European Union and Canada. And we need to get our act together uh, and start regulating these chemicals. They're just being put out there willy-nilly, and we're all being exposed to them. And Jeez. Uh, it's a really bad situation. Uh, so, there- I mean, you know, when I look at your credentials, Ellen, um, you're very intelligent and you're very um, involved. Right. And you know a lot about this stuff and it's your passion and your mission that we can see. And when you say that about the EPA and the government, I mean, um, why do you think that is? Is it because it's such an overwhelming task to try to get a handle on this, or is it beyond that? Is it politics? Uh, it's because the laws are weak. Uh, so it's it's not the the fault of individuals. Um, it, it's that our setup is bad. Uh, for example, when, when the so-called Federal Toxic Substances Control Act came out in 1976, that was the law that was supposed to get a handle on this problem, uh, it had a lot of problems with it. And one of those problems is that it grandfathered all the chemicals that were already in use at that time. So about 62,000 chemicals already in use, uh, the law said, eh, don't worry about it. By decree, we're just going to say they're not a problem. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, wow. don't want to interrupt and I want you to continue, but this grandfather thing, it's in every, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It would almost be like, you know, let's eliminate the grandfather rule, right? Right. I mean, we see it in work, we see it in everywhere, and we see it right here. It's hurting us, right? Yeah, and in this case, it's really making people 
sick and actually killing them. In fact, uh, the World Health Organization estimates in, in one year, in 2004, there were 4.9 million deaths worldwide due to chemical exposure. Wow. So we're talking real consequences here. So uh, a lot of people want to strengthen this law. Um, it's the only major environmental law of the 70s um, that hasn't gone through a major overhaul. You know, we had the Safe Drinking Water Act, the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act. All those major laws have been updated, uh, but not not this law. And there's been a lot of lobbying against uh, updating it. Um, Interesting. And, you know, who would with like all the hoopla going on today, we don't even hear about this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in my field, we... I, I hear about it, but no, it's not on the network news. <laughs> um, that, yeah. So um, there are things we can do. Um, well, where to start? Um, I guess maybe a good idea is to just talk about a couple of example chemicals. Uh, we can't, we don't have time for all uh, 80, what, 89 million. <laughs> we have a, we have an expression. We used to have an expression in the uh, IT world where we used to say, we can't boil the ocean, right? right. Yeah. So let's try to narrow it down. And, and, but you know, how do you prioritize? It's just an unbelievable task. Um, what, what I would like to do is um, maybe give you a little time to think about it some more. We're going to take our first break. Um, and when we come back, maybe we can hit the ground running on maybe some of the top areas that we can address. Um, but I just want to share with everyone that, you know, Ellen Moya has authored more than 25 articles and two books and is working on her third book, um, titled Global Reconnect for Our Earth, Our Species, and Ourselves. And um, we need to go to ellenmoyerphd.com and learn more. And we will start drilling down at some of the things we can do as soon as we come back. So please stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and our very special guest, Ellen Moyer. Now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We've got a great show today. We're talking about environmental concerns with PhD Ellen Moyer. And to learn more about all of Ellen's work, and it's very extensive, you can go to ellenmoyerphd.com. And before the break, Ellen, we were talking about... Um, toxic chemicals and the amount of deaths that have occurred because of this, because there's no regulation around it. And I know you're going to also give us a couple examples. And in that context, I was wondering though, so we've got the Clean Air Act, we've got the Clean Water Act. Um, where do these chemicals that aren't in, I guess that they're not incorporated into those two areas, like how, where do they come from? Like how would we get exposure to them? Like maybe some examples around that too, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, um, 
Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act, uh, those deal with the chemicals once they've gotten into the air and the water. Uh, and, yeah. and the Federal Toxic Substances Control Act talks about um, can you even put these chemicals out there in the first place? And the answer is yes. <laughs> um, so uh, that's kind of how they fit together. Um, it, you know, the situation kind of reminds me of European cities in, in medieval times mm. when people would just indiscriminately throw all these awful biological wastes into the streets, you know, just throw it right over there. And then all these rats and fleas would would be attracted and they'd bring in infectious diseases like the bubonic plague. Well, today, instead of throwing bi- biological wastes around, we throw chemicals around indiscriminately. And we're ending up with a lot of chronic diseases as a result of, of that system. So... Um, that's kind of the big picture, and we just really need to to stop behaving this way. And it's it's possible to do because other countries use what's called the precautionary principle, and that means um, don't do something until you're sure it's safe. Uh, so they would right. test chemicals and make sure they're safe before people can start selling them Jeez, to it's us. It's almost like that should be called it's, a It just seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> and we're the other way around. We put the chemicals out there, and then if we discover there's a problem, then there's public pressure and, and, and people change it. But these chemicals, uh, uh, companies create these chemicals, and then they put them in our everyday products. Um, There's a chemical called 1,4-dioxane that has recently been found to be harmful, but it was put in all kinds of uh, products that we use and even in baby shampoo. Um, There are other chemicals uh, called flame retardants, there are a lot of different kinds of, of flame retardant chemicals, and they've been found to be harmful, but not until they were put into lots of products like uh, baby car seats and and things I, like that. We have so no clue. they're just chemicals. You know, if you just look around your home or your office, you're gonna everything you look at is uh, made of stuff, and there can be synthetic chemicals in them. Uh, and, so, you know, so, Ellen, I had a question around that. So when you, so there's all these basically um, chemicals and contaminants, and, and we know that, right? I mean, you can walk into an office building and suddenly get a horrible headache and not really know why. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, like you were saying, like there was the, the chemical was found in the car seats, but then how do... And maybe I'm like going way off topic. And so if I am just, you know, reel me back. But then how do they figure out that, A, it was a chemical in a car seat that caused an issue. So all of a sudden a child's having issues. I mean, that must be so unbelievably tough to even pinpoint a specific chemical. Yeah, it's very haphazard. And I actually don't know the answer to your question as to how they 
discover these things are bad. Um, it's not systematic. That's the problem. (laughs) So it's probably going to be different in every case. So in the case of flame retardants, I'm really not sure. Oh, I I think there was, um, do you remember a chemical called TRIS, T-R-I-S, that used to be in kids' pajamas? Do you remember hearing about that on the news? Maybe it was all over the news, I don't know, 10 20 years ago. It's I remember like, kids' pajamas were a big issue because of... Yeah, yeah, that's I it. remember it. I didn't remember the name of the chemical, but I do remember yeah. the, the, it being an issue. Yeah, and I, I really couldn't tell you how they determined it was harmful, but they did find out that, uh, that it was causing problems. Um, you know, it was put in the pajamas to... Uh, help the kids in turn, you know, if there was a fire, it would <laughs> supposedly keep them from burning as quickly. Right. Um, but so they found Tris was bad. So they took that out of kids' pajamas. And to my knowledge, they don't use flame retardants in kids' pajamas anymore. But um, they replaced it they replaced the tris in a lot of and flame retardants in other items with uh other harmful flame retardants and these flame retardants are found everywhere they're found in well not everywhere but in many things and i don't want to give you the impression that everything around you is full of toxic chemicals cuz that's not no really but you know what your case, point but- i guess is well taken when you say we need some stronger rules and regulations. We need to at least test to see if it's safe, just like you would with anything. I mean, you sort of assume that when you pick up a shampoo or you pick up an eyeliner or you pick up anything that touches your skin or the air in some way that it's been tested, but we're realizing that that is not the case. Yeah, everybody assumes it. I assumed it. Like, did you know that a lot of red lipstick has lead in it? I found that out, like, not that long ago. And it was just shocking to me that it's still okay to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a high-end lipstick or not. Isn't that true? Uh, Yeah, I don't know how it varies. It probably has nothing to do with it. In fact, the high end might even have more because it's going to have a better color or something like that. (laughs) So really, we don't even understand. You know, we hear about tragedies in Flint, but, you know, we're taking lead. Who knows where? Remember when we had another guest on our show that talked about um, China? China and the purses and stuff that you buy on the street, oh. like in New York and how full of contaminants those are. And so you sort of assume that when you buy something that's from here, that it's not contaminated, but the chemicals are used in so many different ways and not being tested. It's, it's sort of like no one knows until all of a sudden people get really sick and they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think it might be a little worse in China, but I'm not even not really sure. Um, but one thing we do find with with uh, chemicals in this country when they're found to be dangerous, they'll just replace it with another dangerous, equally dangerous chemical. Right. Not not because they're required to, but from public pressure. 
primarily. So uh, in the in terms of flame retardants, if they find out one is bad, they'll just tweak the molecule a little bit, you know, like make a tiny change in the molecular structure and then roll that one out without testing it, and that'll be found to be a problem. And then it'll just be one after another. Um, we also find that with... Uh, plasticizers, like you've probably heard of bisphenol A in uh, some plastics like number seven and number three. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when public pressure rose up against bisphenol A, they tweaked the molecule to make bisphenol S and started putting that in everything without even testing it for the things that had caused problems with bisphenol A. I mean, totally ridiculous. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, dumbfounded, annoyed, shocked, angry, right? Right, um, yeah. But just a question, is this where um, chemists end up, like uh, people that go to universities and get a degree, say, in chemistry, is this where these guys end up usually? Some of them will end up uh, doing this, but I have to um, give you some good news, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now that you brought uh, us down. No. <laughs> uh, um, there's, people are realizing that our current way of of making these chemicals out of petroleum and things like chlorine, you know, we're ending up with a lot of hazardous chemicals. So there's a new push on called green chemistry. Mm. And this has ramped up since uh, another law was passed called the Federal Pollution Prevention Act of 1990. And what people do with green chemistry is design chemical products and processes that reduce or eliminate hazardous substances. What a wow. concept, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, there are some really cool things happening. And once we fix that Federal Toxic Substances Act to, to promote innovation in green chemistry rather than stay stuck in the old bad way of doing things, uh, we'll be able to make really big strides. Like here, here's an example of an amazing thing that's going on. Um, people in green chemistry, they're looking at taking carbon dioxide emissions and capturing them and converting them to generate fuels, plastics, drugs, and other products. Really? So yeah, so they're taking a waste, a greenhouse gas that we we don't want around, and they're converting it into useful and non-toxic things. Or at least that's the research they're doing. I don't think they're they're quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can do this. Um, you know, we're our knowledge of of the problems with the current system. Our knowledge is increasing. And we're seeing how how detrimental this is. And people are really creative. And, you know, human beings have a really fantastic resume when it comes to technology. I mean, we're really good at it. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm completely uh, 100% confident that we can take our technology to the next level and create things that get the job done and are safe. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, and that, you know that's, it, the, that's the challenge. Before, we just had to create things that got the job done and without any regard to whether it, it hurts us or the environment. So now right, and now we can tougher. do it so that it's safe. No, this is a really fantastic show and there's so much great information, Ellen. We're going to go ahead and take our second break and we get back. We're going to continue the conversation. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guest, Ellen Moyer. We'll be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, everyone, welcome back. Um, we are learning a lot today about what we should be doing on our own to help our um, earth. Well, we're just getting educated today yeah. because there's so much out there that we didn't even know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're right now, speaking right? with an expert, um, Ellen Moyer, and we encourage everyone to go to ellenmoyphd.com. We're going to talk about her latest book in a second. But, you know, some of the things I was thinking about, Ellen, right? Um, I remember, and I, you know, I remember seeing a commercial um, for a spray of 409, and they were talking about their research, and they were saying, how did we get to this name, 409? Well, let me show you what 408 did. And they sprayed 408 on the on a stain on the wall, and the whole wall blew out. <laughs> and um, we make jokes about it, right? But you know, this is the type of stuff that's very dangerous, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And our everyday products like that um, can be hazardous. Like I've not heard good things about four hundred nine, for example. Yeah, I mean <laughs> after that. I mean, and I, you know, the other thing I wanted to say was I, uh, I remember in the seventies. The Union Carbide Disaster, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Bhopal, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, you know, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot here as earthlings, you know. Um, but I want to talk about your book. But before we do that, where does all this stuff go? So, all right. So oh, the, chem- gosh. the, it goes the chemical that blew out the wall at 408 that they can't <clears> use. Right. Where does that go? And everything that you're talking about, the TRIF and everything else, I mean, where does all that stuff go in the ground? It cycles around in the environment and it actually ends up everywhere. Um, uh, For example, flame retardants. I'll give you a list of things they've been found in. Uh, Besides humans, they're found in peanut butter, bacon, salmon chili, lunch meat, you know, sliced lunch meat, honey from Brazil, Morocco, Spain, and Portugal, Antarctic penguins, Arctic orca whales, North American kestrels and barn owls, bird eggs in Spain, fish in Canada, and tree bark samples worldwide. So what the heck? So how 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 does it get in there? Is it because when they... So is it when they go to 
um, dispose of the chemicals they get they get moved into the environment or is it when they're using the chemicals and they do a different molecule on it and it goes in and then it it gets released because it's in products and that gets released into the groundwater or in landfills? I mean, how does that happen? All, all of the above, Eva. And, you know, air moves around all over the place. Uh, water circulates all over the place. Um, you know, water and air carry this stuff all over the place. And I suppose animals might even carry some with them. Uh, mm. But, but, uh, think I heard senators take around. some too and <laughs> spread them around occasionally. It, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just uh, more reason to um, be care- more careful about releasing these, these compounds in the first place. Uh, but, you know, our system is not set up to do it. For example, bisphenol A, there's, it's been in the news a lot lately because people don't like it. Uh, and there are a lot of health effects. Um, health concerns were identified as early as the 1930s. Ah. Yeah. We're, and you know what? That's to your point about how we can be pretty creative and pretty uh smart and because it goes all the way back those guys back then were pretty smart to come up with this stuff right we just let it go yeah i mean we are creative i mean look at what these people do in the financial world with default credit swap you know all this (laughs) fancy stuff you know we can do really uh sophisticated things if we want to (laughs) uh but you know in the in the 1930s bpa was Bisphenol A is that's the abbreviation is BPA. It was found to mimic estrogen in the body, and then since then there have been around a thousand animal studies on BPA, and it shows links to many health problems from fertility problems to cancer, cardio cardiovascular problems, impaired brain development in fetuses infants and children. Uh, There's also recent evidence that it converts to a chemical that impacts our cells and makes us fat and and, uh, promotes diabetes. So amidst all this concern, you would think that EPA would do something uh, to reduce the use of BPA in our lives, but no. They say we don't have enough evidence yet that it's harmful. I don't. So maybe they don't have the uh, the lobbyists to the degree they have other lobbyists. I don't really know. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, the the burden of see the, the the setup is wrong because it puts the burden of proof on EPA to prove harm instead of making the chemical manufacturer prove their products are safe. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you know, interesting. you're at. You know. First off, um, you're a one-man army, one-person army here from what we're hearing. And um, whatever you do, please keep going because we need you. (laughs) And hopefully the uh, message you share will inspire us and others to do what we can. Now, I know... You have um, written many articles, of course, and um, also some other books. 
and now you have a third book and um, global reconnect for our earth, our species and ourselves. So I guess, you know, how is it different from your other books and how do you have the energy to continue um, because it makes me think you have faith and hope, which is a good thing, right? Oh, I do, and that's why I'm writing the book, actually. My other books were kind of technical books, so um, a, a regular person probably wouldn't like my other books. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but this one is um, about having fun creating a sustainable world, and we absolutely can do it. Uh, and that's the the message I'm trying to get out there. And and by the way, I want to get back to some things we can individually do to reduce our exposure to these Excellent. chemicals because we we can't just leave it <laughs> where we where we left it until this point. So I don't want to dwell on my book too much, but I want to get back to what can we do on. Um, you know, about this this problem we've been discussing. But the book just shows that uh, we are in a kind of crisis situation with climate change and also social problems, economic problems. It's really a, a pivotal time for the human race right now. And if we uh, work on ourselves individually and fix our institutions and policies, we absolutely can have a much better life. It's like the people in the Middle Ages, once they stopped throwing their crap and everything in the street (laughs) and having the plague and dying and, you know, having these horrific diseases, once they stopped doing that, life got better, you know? Yeah, no, I I agree. And, 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 you know, um, it generates awareness. And that's that's why we want everyone to go to... EllenMoyerPhD.com, and also look into uh, your articles and books because it generates awareness, and that's important. Right? Yeah, there's there's so much we can do, and uh, the people making money off the status quo, they'd love us to keep on thinking that we can't do anything. We're all frazzled and overwhelmed, and everything. That's nonsense. All we have to do is decide that we want things to be. Uh, cleaner and more reasonable and tell our politicians to do what we say. And they well, it's hard that. because um, where do we start, right? And that's kind of how we started the show, right? We can't boil the ocean. Um, what can I do personally? Um, I don't think I can do anything about the chemical creators unless I, like you say, go to my local politicians um, but that might be uh, futile, right? So is there well, anything that we can do in our homes, in our, in our lives that can help? Absolutely. And um, I'd love to come back on the show and do it, a show on how our food choices uh, change the world. One thing we can do uh, that has a lot of power is to buy and eat the right foods that are good for us and the environment. And that's something we do several times a day, every day for our whole lives. And, and the impacts of our choices add up to, to big impacts. But that's yeah. such a huge other subject. 
Um, I don't know that we should get into that now, but that is a an excellent way uh, to change the world just by and what you eat. <laughs> we will do that, Ellen, and we will table that and schedule that and get get you back for that oh. because I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, and that's a gigantic topic here. But um, on the chemical exposure front, um, one thing I do um, to reduce my chemical exposure, well, first I eat organic food. Uh, but as far as personal care products and household products, um, I don't have time to research what's good, what's not good. I mean, who the hell does? Um, mm-hmm, it's just right. very time-consuming. There are apps you can get on your phone that help you with that, uh, uh, provided by a group called Environmental Working Group, and they have really good stuff for the consumer um, to advise them on what's good and what's what to avoid. But one thing I do is I just buy all my personal care products and, and household cleaning products at Whole Foods because they, mm. they screen everything and they do a better job than I ever could. Uh, I'm sure it's not perfect, um, but that just simplifies your life because, um, and I think other places like uh, there's a food co-op near here. I think they also screen the products. So I think that's one one uh, thing that people can do that's pretty easy. So, um, and you think um, organic, uh, and we should trust the word organic, that it would be um, freer than we would get otherwise of chemicals and things. Yes, cer- certified organic, yes. And they they test the products, and they've tested people who eat organic, their blood versus people who don't, and it it really is legit. Okay, so of, that is a and, hard takeaway so far. That we, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, think about so it. If it, think we, about it, if the industrial food companies uh, found out that that uh, people were selling organic food and it was uh, contaminated, it'd be all over the news. You know, I bet. Um, so um, that's we, another reason why I think you can be confident. We need to pull away for our last break mm-hmm. um, and we will continue from this exact point when we come back. So please stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and our very special guest, Ellen Moyer. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Very different and very amazing conversation today, wouldn't you say, Charles? Organic only. And write your questions down for your local political representatives. No, it's great. Um, Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Ellen Moyer. And Ellen is an environmental consultant, author, and speaker, and even an artist. And she brings just a wealth of information to us today. And to learn more about Ellen and her work, you can go to ellenmoyerphd.com. She also um, does write for Huffington Post, and you can check out her blog posts there as well, as well as her books. Um, So, Ellen, I was actually 
I was a little bit surprised when you said that Whole Foods is a good place. I mean, I remember in the beginning, like like you really trusted that Whole Foods kind of vetted their products. And I didn't really think about, well, if I want to at least make somewhat of a change, Whole Foods would, would be a good place to go because they do check their products. So it's- yeah, the, the personal care products and the household products, I think they do a good good job of checking. Um, as far as food, they seem to have a whole array of things from organic to kind of almost like what you'd find in a traditional grocery store. Um, so some people have the attitude that, Hey, anything I buy in whole foods is good to eat. I wouldn't go that far. There's a lot of really sugary things there, for example, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't consider healthy. So, um, it's kind of a mixed answer, but I think I find that they're my best bet for personal care products and, and, uh, cleaning supplies. And Mm -hmm. I buy organic food there uh, all the time and you know I completely trust them and think it's great and I'm so grateful that I've had Whole Foods around uh, Mm -hmm. to go to Um, but I I love that you're positive I really do I love that you're positive in a very um, serious issue because it would be easy to get uh, the first thing I was thinking when we first started talking, I thought, wow, it'd be really easy to get kind of caught up in watching every single thing that you eat and to get negative. I remember my girlfriend was a, um, a medical technician. And so she was always all day spent all day looking under, you know, looking under a microscope, you know, at all these different organisms that, you know, in Mm. the hospital. Right. And, she was just paranoid about germs like no one I had ever met. <laughs> oh, I can see how that would happen completely. <laughs> and I could see where, you know, you would be very concerned about, you know, the water you drink. I'm, I'm assuming that you probably use a water filtration system in your home or at least in the shower in your drinking water. Well, I, I have a private well and the water's really good, uh, but mm. I do use a Brita filter uh, for my drinking water. I mean, it's not the greatest, but um, <clears throat> just in in the plastic lining of the water tank, there's a chemical that leaches out uh, and gets into your water. And so I think the Jeez. Brita filter will take that out, but I do worry about the plastic container that the water is in with the Brita mm-hmm. filter. So I probably have work to do in that area. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, and you I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't do everything. You can't um, get paranoid, but you do what's reasonable and you still have to have fun and be happy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Well, and I was feeling pretty good because we use a Brita filter. And I, I thought you were going to say, I was I was concerned that you are going to say, of all the filters you could use, Brita's the one that you don't want to use. So I was gl- glad to hear that you use a Brita. <laughs> yeah, I, I do worry about the plastic. You know, when I did uh, research into this bisphenol A situation, what I found out is that all plastics leach estrogenic type chemicals. And so really all plastic is is bad. Um, uh, people have tested pretty much all the commercially available plastics out there. 
even those advertised as BPA-free, mm-hmm. and uh, they do have these chemicals that interfere with, uh, you know, your hormones. So wow. um, one thing we can do uh, to reduce our exposure is to reduce the plastic in our lives. Somehow. Um, yeah, like um, replacing kitchen plastic with glass or stainless steel. Um, since I've done this research, I'm going to really uh, replace much more of the plastic in my kitchen and, and get rid of it. It's just bad stuff. Um, even when you go get coffee in a paper cup, that paper yeah. cup could be lined with BPA. And then when there's a hot liquid in there, it's going to leach out even faster. So um, the best thing Mm. to do is to uh, avoid products that have a lot of synthetic materials. You know, if you buy wooden furniture, that's probably going to be a better bet than buying furniture with foam in it because that Mm. foam could have flame retardants in it. Um, Let's see. What are some other things for for plastics? Um, <clears throat> avoid aluminum soda cans. Those are often lined with BPA. And then you know uh, receipts and and uh, airline tickets and movie theater tickets. That thermal paper that's kind of shiny and kind of sticky. Yeah. Often that has BPA in it. So, so it's wow. it's everything. It's and how place. in the world can you stay so hopeful, right? <laughs> well, you just reduce your your exposure. And also, uh, the human body is amazing. Um, we're able to... We're able to be here talking with each other despite all of these hazardous chemicals. You know? yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah. And living longer than ever, really. Uh, one thing, uh, we only have about two minutes, um, Ellen, but one thing I want to make sure I say is you have um, uh, shared with us so much, but also that it's not about you. It's about your message and your mission and about saving the planet. And I just think that is really cool. And all the more reason why we want to learn more about you, your writings, and stay with you going forward. Um, So I just think it's incredible. And yes, we would love to schedule another time with you. Um, You know, you make me want to pick up the torch, right? Because uh, it's on all of us to do our share. And, um, you know, I got the memo. So this was really good, right? Oh, that's great. Well, because, I mean, once you have the knowledge, it's a little bit difficult to then go back, right? Because you start looking at things a little differently, even in terms of, you know, when recycling started becoming big, you know, even what I throw in the garbage can, you know, I still feel like we throw so much out, but, you know, you're a little bit more careful, you know, you try to get everything into recycling that you can. And then it's the same thing with what you put in your body or what you wash your clothes with. Like I've completely stopped going to the dry cleaner or buying anything that should be dry cleaned because I can't even imagine the amount of toxic chemicals I was exposed it's, to you know in what? the it's, 80s with those power yeah. suits. It's almost like we need to Ask Ellen column in our newsletter. <laughs> To see oh, we do need right. to ask him that. That's now, a great um, idea. I know we don't have time and we can't even discuss it, 
But I mean, there's so much more, right? Like the power plants and the utility companies and what they're doing. And um, this is endless, um, Ellen. So let's table this as we got huge knowledge and awareness today. Mm -hmm. And the more times we have you on, the more we can all do to help. Um, so uh, I think that's what we'll have to do, right? I think it's terrific. I'd, yes. I'd love to do that. And I just want to tell Eva that you are absolutely right about the dry cleaning chemicals. Hmm. Uh, I knew it. Known, <laughs> there's a known human carcinogen used in almost all the dry cleaning operations. Uh, wow. It just uh, amazes me that that is still used. So that is a fantastic thing to avoid. And if you can't avoid it, you know, sometimes we have one or two pieces of clothing that have to be dry cleaned. Let it air out somewhere away from your your living space, you know, outside or something. Let that and that air makes sense. Yeah. yeah, get it out of that plastic bag on top of it, right? Um, well, Ellen, this has just been great. Thank you so much for your time. We certainly appreciate it, and we appreciate you sharing all your knowledge with our listeners. It was great. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for plugging my website so many times. <laughs> oh, it's important, and we will definitely ask you back. Um, so this has been a great um, meeting. Yes. And so have a great night. Thank you so much. Yes, excellent. Thanks so much. Take, Take care. care. And again, for everyone, that's EllenMoyerPhD.com. It was another great show. Um, very important show, everyone. I, you know. So thanks, everyone. Have a great week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Bye. <laughs>